Father God, we just want to say thank you so much, Lord God. We thank you that where two or more are gathered, you're here in the midst. We just ask that you speak through us, Lord God, that you use us as your vessels, Father, to be authentic, to be truthful, Lord God, and to really speak to your people, Father, and to place, to share the things that you have placed on our hearts, to share with others, and just share these candid conversations that we often have with ourselves, with everyone, because we know that these are things that other people are also struggling with. Other people are also want insight on or just want to hear different perspectives that are out there, but that are in relation to your word and cultivating a relationship with you, Lord. So we just ask that as we talk today, as we talk about this topic and every other topic that we do as well that you just speak through us and you allow us to be honest and vulnerable in jesus name we pray amen 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 okay um okay so we're gonna start with saying like our experiences with sex and Christianity. So what do you feel like was your experience growing up? Like how was like sex and Christianity discussed? Um, I think it was definitely high pressure and high expectations of just um just like okay, this is the right way to have a relationship with sex, which is marriage. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you're kind of doomed. Mm-hmm. But I thought it would be fun to start this episode by asking you a question. A question that when I first met you, how do you feel? Oh, about- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... When I first met Monica, mm-hmm. I asked her, how do you feel about sex as a Christian? And how has your answer changed today? Okay, so when you asked me, I was like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that kind of has to do with, um, like, growing up, like, sex was just not discussed at all. So I didn't even really, like, I would hear people say like, or I know that people would say, like, oh, you know, you're supposed to wait until marriage, and, like, that's a kingdom principle, and, like, that's in the Bible, and things like that, but because it wasn't something that was actually being discussed, I just took it as one of those things, like, people interpret the Bible, or have different things that they do or don't do, like, in the same way, like, there's some branches of Christianity that they, like, certain things that people do, they don't wear jewelry, or they don't, like, whatever it is, so I just, like, kind of was like, oh, Especially it's like a lot of times people pick and choose like what they want to like bear as their cross of like this is this thing. So like for example, I stopped cursing after um, a certain amount of time because I was just like, you know what? Like it was kind of a personal revelation, but it was one of those things I just felt like, okay, with sex, it's like that's everybody's personal revelation. Like God is telling you not to have sex. Like that just does not apply to me kind of thing. But... I was definitely humbled this year of just like, yeah, this is not something that God wants me to, like, you know, he wants me to wait until marriage. And I think if sex was discussed more in 
the church in a way that was more like honest and freeing, it would help to kind of, it would have helped me to come to that revelation a little bit sooner. It's like one of those things that's either a taboo, so it's not discussed at all, or it's like discussed to the extreme of like, you know, you're not supposed to have sex, you're supposed to wait until marriage. And so for me, it was the latter, like it was just not discussed. So it was, I was free, quote unquote, to interpret it however I wanted to interpret it. it. And obviously like as a child and growing adult or young adult, I'm going to interpret it in a way that is most beneficial to me. And so I was just like, we have grace. Mm. And I didn't even think of it as we had grace. Like it's not even one of those things I really registered like, oh, like this is one of those like really bad sins. Like it was just like, it's just so normalized that people I know are Christians and also having sex that I was just like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely, like, I can, that's understandable. I feel like I had the opposite upbringing where mm-hmm. sex was definitely discussed in church a lot. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of um, youth ministry meetings where mm-hmm. we would discuss, you know, sex. They would, ask, like, tell us we can ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um they would just have people speak to us about their experiences. And to a certain point, I think it was more open than mm-hmm. people traditionally have in church. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some of the messages were a little bit damaging. And mm-hmm. even as a young girl, like I realized that I didn't like the way they talked about sex. And I didn't like how sex was viewed. Mm-hmm. So it kind of pushed me towards wanting to just... Like, I wanted to be obedient, but in the back of my mind, I was like... Mm. Like, just being a free thinker, just feeling like, yeah, like, I feel like the way they're talking about it, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to be the odd one out Mm. and, like, prove it wrong. So, Mm. I'll never forget this imagery that they did where they took two pieces of construction paper, they glued it together, and then they're like, okay, let's try to take it apart now. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously... You know, like, they were pieces. They were like, mm-hmm. you know, she actually kind of pulled it apart pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but there were still, like, pieces of, like, each mm-hmm. And she's like, this is an example of what happens to you when you have sex. Oh my and, God. like, there are pieces of the person on mm-hmm. you. Which is like, yeah, like, that's a good, like, a good kind of way to just talk about soul ties. Mm-hmm. And how that kind of experiences where you take on a lot of the things that the person you're laying with has. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it was also a message of, like, you were once kind of pure and in perfection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that you've had sex, you are not in this purity or this perfection. Mm-hmm. But it kind of paints a picture of, like, sex damages you. Mm-hmm. And that uh, your worth is diminished by how right. many times you have sex. And mm-hmm. that's a rhetoric that we keep on repeating mm-hmm. um, in the Christian community. And I feel like that is very damaging because even as a young girl, it's like... You know, my mother would tell me, like, oh, if you want your husband to respect you, if you want your husband to honor you, Mm. then you have to save this thing for him. And even my mom was, like, extreme to the point of, like, you're doing this for me, too. Like, this is (laughs) a continuation of my legacy. Like, I waited till marriage, and you will also wait till marriage. Mm -mm. And a part of me was, like, I wanted to reclaim, like, my own sense of, like, power. Like, of just being, like this isn't for anyone this is for myself you know Mm -hmm. and i wish that it was talked about in a way of like if you are choosing to abstain or be celibate 
you are being one obedient to God like mm-hmm. any other commandment mm-hmm. but you're also just respecting your body mm-hmm. and respecting you know who you want to allow into that experience with you mm-hmm. not a question of your worth of your purity of mm-hmm. like who you are like the only thing that purifies you is something that comes with the blood of Jesus right. you know that is what at the end of the day pur- purifies a person mm-hmm. you know and like yes there's a lot of uh, rhetoric around like virginity in the bible and i think it does symbolize a lot of things in christianity but i don't think it symbolizes worth mm. and i think like that's a message that as christians now we have to be careful mm-hmm. about you know and even like we do it in popular culture of like mm-hmm. body count thing mm-hmm. like it's a thing of like little dirk <laughs> and he said that like he the reason why they made him want to propose to india was because of her low body count Oh my god. It's just like it's you know, and that thing of like human beings are not like this thing of like okay, the the, the more it's used, the less it's worth. What value? You know, mm-hmm. and like you are created by God, you're his own creation, you're like a diamond. Like mm-hmm. a diamond doesn't lose its value just because it had different owners. Right. It's still I mean not, you know, that's interesting way to put it but yeah like that's how I feel so Um, that's like my experience with Christianity and like well the church mm -hmm. and like it in a corporal way was talked about Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of gave me a negative mindset um but I was asked like how do you think if you could go back in time and speak to a young Monica Grace and Mm -hmm. say like okay, this is how I want to talk to you about sex and and in relationship with your spirituality and your walk with God. How do you think you would want that message, like, said to you? I feel like it would have to even just start by, like, God is love. Like, even just, like, that Mm. underlying thing of, like, okay, like, because you love yourself and you love your body and, you know, because of who God is and how, like, you know, we are his children and we're made in his image and all of those things like that's why you want to obey the things that god has asked you to do that already like that foundation would be a little bit different because like even when you were talking it made me realize like for me i kind of always felt like i wasn't pure enough already like even before i had sex before all of those things like i just felt like you know i'm already doomed to messing up and so for me it was just like okay so I'm gonna do this thing anyway like I'm gonna try in the areas that I feel like I am able to be pleasing to God but in the other areas that I feel like this is not realistic for me that I'm just going to just like just like do what I want to do kind of and like that concept of like obedience because I was always like I was never really like a rebellious child or anything like that so I was already like so obedient in like everyday life so even to your point of like wanting to take back control like that was one of those things of like okay like you know this is something that's going to be pleasing for me and so I'm just gonna do what is pleasing for me but if you if I was really taught like okay these things, this thing is good. Like, sex is not this thing that's inherently bad. It's a good thing, but under these parameters because of X, Y, and Z. Like, all of that, I think, would have made it better and would have allowed me to really understand why people are doing this. And then on top of that, to even hear that, like, yeah, people are waiting until marriage. Like, for me, in my head, I was just like, yeah, this is a thing that nobody 
like I, I, didn't, I didn't know that people have successfully done this in like everyday life, you know? Like it, it just wasn't discussed. So for me, it's just like, okay, everybody, you know, is excusing themselves for this sin. So why should I have to be obedient to it, you know? As opposed to like, even if it was somebody that didn't necessarily wait until marriage, but understood like, okay, I now looking back, I would have waited because of X, Y, and Z, all of these things. Like for me with my children that's kind of the lens that I'm going to approach it more so like okay this is why it's beneficial like I genuinely didn't even see the benefit of waiting until marriage until like literally watching all these preachings reading the bible for myself all of these things now and it's like the I mean I also yeah yeah I think it just would have been so much more helpful to know being younger like okay why this is important and it not being tied to like you said my value but more so um like being loved by god mm. yeah no honestly i love that i think that you can really empower yourself by having that you know self-love or just knowing that god loves you Mm -hmm. and you you're stable in that Mm -hmm. identity it kind of even like if if we had that message as younger women Mm -hmm. it would give us more of a better mind of like okay i'm not gonna accept being treated like this Mm -hmm. because you know i know that this is not the foundation of what i deserve because Mm -hmm. you know i am worth this and Mm -hmm. you know god loves me and god wouldn't want this for me and Mm -hmm. all this stuff so like yeah, like, I definitely agree with, like, having that foundation of just, like, give, instilling, like, a high self-esteem mm-hmm. and messages that promote that mm-hmm. and then building on top from mm-hmm. there about sex. Like, yeah. that is so important because a lot of things where we see, like, sexual dysfunction, a lot of it does boil down to, like, that self-identity and, mm-hmm. like, you know, the self-esteem issues and whatever mm-hmm. the case is. But, like, something interesting that you talked about is you know, seeing other Christians and feeling like, oh, you know, everyone's just doing this thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, like, I experienced both sides Mm -hmm. where, like, because Christianity was also, like, intertwined with culture for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And coming from um, an African, like, immigrant background and a strong, closely-knit church of Mm -hmm. also having, being African, Mm -hmm. it was already in our culture to just kind of um, have a, So, like I was saying, mm-hmm. um, Christianity and culture intertwined in that Nigerian culture definitely praises virginity mm-hmm. and waiting until marriage. So I did actually see a lot of people that claimed, I mean, I don't know the <laughs> real, like, but I do believe that some couples genuinely like waited. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was even a part of the wedding. I'd be like, yeah, they waited, you know? So oh it was gosh. definitely like, I seen people that did do that. Then I seen like in the outside world, like meeting other Christians that weren't Nigerian, weren't like in other Christian communities and it being like, this is just a thing. Like sex is just another thing that we kind of just like compartmentalize another box mm-hmm. and then our Christianity is another box you mm-hmm. know and that they're separated and mm-hmm. so like it was okay to be a Christian and date and still like you know have premarital sex and mm-hmm. all of that and I always felt like it was very interesting mm-hmm. to me and I always wanted to know like more like when I would see someone or like 
you see that someone's a Christian, I would definitely like ask them about that experience. And I think that there's a part of it because of the message of like it being like damaging and also like sex just being something that is very not explain it but it's something that it becomes habitual it can mm-hmm. become habitual mm-hmm. and you know instead of just like feeling like you can you can redeem yourself from a situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oftentimes i think with christianity we're just taught that it's like either you waited and or you, you didn't mm-hmm. and then if you didn't wait like you might as well just continue on in sin and, mm-hmm. or continue on doing this thing mm-hmm. so that was also to me something that i didn't like as well mm-hmm. um concerning sex and christianity was that okay like now that you have had sex or you weren't mm-hmm. able to wait whatever the situation what now mm-hmm. and it wasn't a lot of like redemption messages mm. there yeah. weren't a lot of things it was just like solely based for like the people who've waited we want you to keep on waiting and keep like but it was like okay like now what now mm-hmm. like what now like like the woman that did the two pieces of paper it's like okay if i want to heal from the situation and become whole again and not have soul ties and i mm-hmm. want to go on a journey of celibacy mm-hmm. and abstinence how do i do that right and there weren't enough of those kind of messages so it's mm-hmm. just like you know you kind of just had to accept that okay, well, I fell off the wayside and this is just going to be my life now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a Christian, but, you know, I do all these other things and I pick and choose. And, mm-hmm. you know, we do we are the pick and choose generation of Christianity. Right. Right. You know, so it was just, like, deemed as okay. So mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I would have loved, like, I wanted that redemption message. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to then be, like, that thing of being like, oh, you know, if I have sex, like, for me, that would be a showcasing of, like, you know, just because you did a mistake, like, you don't have to stay in that mm-hmm. um, situation, mm-hmm. you know. But practically speaking, those things weren't talked Talk. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really, that's really good. And I think for me, it's so interesting because we literally have the opposite experience for these things. Like... I didn't grow up in, like, a immigrant African church, even though, like, I'm Congolese and I immigrated from the Congo to here. So it's so interesting that, like, I didn't really see, like, how detrimental it is, like, when you connect, like, culture and, like, your Christianity in terms of, like, specifically sex. Like, I start with other things, but with sex, it was just, like, so taboo. So I really didn't see that. But I think even to your point about the redemption thing, like that would have been helpful to know as well, you know, like that whole habitual sin or just like, okay, you fell off. So like it is what it is now. I think a lot of what I felt growing up with Christianity was one of those things of like, once you messed up, it's like, that's it. Even though they did preach grace at the same time, it was never like grace was attached to your actual sins that you're doing and what those things are, you know? So to even hear like somebody's like testimony or a story of like, okay, you know, I did this thing, but now I wanted to live different or even why I decided to have sex and now I'm choosing not to have sex anymore or whatever the case is, you know? Like, that wasn't really discussed or talked about. 
So it is very, it's so easy to just get into that thing of, like you said, okay, you know, I'm like, I'm, I was the opposite of you in the sense of like, okay, you're like, you know, I messed up, but I can still, you know, be a Christian for me. It was like, okay, I messed up. So we're going to, you know, we're going to ride this thing through, like see you to the end kind of thing, which is not good, you know, and that's not the gospel, like literally in the Bible, it's like a righteous man falls seven times and gets up eight. It doesn't say that we're not going to fall. It's like that process of like coming back and coming back and wanting to try in that effort. And I think with sex, like the most important thing too is the fact that people are choosing, you know, like when you feel like you're waiting until marriage, but it's not your choice that you're making. That's also how it becomes just so easy to be susceptible to all of these things because it's not really something that you in your heart want to do, you know? So like... How do you think that now we, like, what would the messaging be in a better way now to also help people that previously had sex and now they don't want to have sex anymore? Or people that have had sex, but they don't necessarily see the benefits of, like, waiting until marriage or trying to, like, be different now? Like, what would you say to those people to kind of, like, get them to see why it's a valuable choice to make for yourself? I mean, I think that um, we have to start with vulnerability in the church. Mm. And I think there is strength in everyone kind of being honest and open with where they're at and Mm -hmm. their own life experiences because Mm -hmm. it's the same people telling you, you know, you should do this X, Y, and Z. But they're speaking from a place of their own experience. Mm -hmm. And instead of kind of coming from a place of saying, like, I've experienced this Mm -hmm. and this is what happened, Mm -hmm. you know, it's more so a condemning kind Mm -hmm. of spirit. But I've seen it both ways. And I've definitely benefited from messages from people that were honest. Mm -hmm. And I think those were the most powerful messages. And Mm -hmm. those were the messages that reaffirmed to me in times where I felt like, okay, I don't know if I can do this thing or whatever. It was messages from people that were like, you know, this, I had a lifestyle of X, Y, and Z, no matter what it was, sin or other things, sex, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, God was speaking to me. God worked on me. And this Mm -hmm. is, you know, kind of how I found my way back. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, making sex a multifaceted thing Mm -hmm. because sex isn't just for sin sex isn't just for this thing that is just bad 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 like i think it's like we need to educate ourselves and like just be open-minded and talking about sex and saying like sex is a multifaceted thing it's beautiful Mm -hmm. there are so many parts of why sex is so important Mm -hmm. in you know just us as human beings and Mm -hmm. like even in the bible like i feel like song of solomon is dedicated to that intimacy between Mm -hmm. a woman and a man Mm -hmm. you know but that's not talked about as much in church you know (laughs) so it's like you know i think it's just even starting with that thing of like speaking in sex in different people's stories and different Mm -hmm. people's perspectives and Mm -hmm. letting it be multifaceted in that way so people don't come in a place of shame Mm -hmm. and people feel like oh like i can always you know be open and come back from that Mm -hmm. and like i think it's so important uh for people to be like yo if you're struggling with sex premarital sex please come talk to us Mm -hmm. you know if you're struggling with this thing Mm -hmm. you know there are ways that you have to do things and like that could help you be better at Mm -hmm. it 
or you know maybe you know this thing of you having premarital sex actually stems from other issues spiritually that you could be having. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's talk about that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times we talk about, like, the sin itself, but we don't talk about the, the scars and the things that cause mm-hmm. those things. And it's like if we would have a conversation looking at things from a holistic perspective mm-hmm. and not being scared and mm-hmm. to be towing around certain things then people can feel more comfortable people can feel more open and people don't feel like you know they have to live a double life Mm -hmm. or they you know um have to be like ashamed of themselves Mm -hmm. for certain things or for like you know whatever it is what it is it's done Mm -hmm. and it's like no like god's never finished with you like he's always perfecting you Mm -hmm. every single day and people don't even talk about how like you can have issues with sex and, like, you can get married and still have issues with sex. Right. You know, and it could be the fact that, you know, you were taught that sex was bad. Mm-hmm. And then once you get married, you don't want to have sex, mm-hmm. you know, or it could be something else, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like, if we were just to holistically just, like, break it down and talk about different things that have to do with sex, mm-hmm. then I think, like just being not scared Mm -hmm. of like being real Mm -hmm. in church i think that is the plague Mm -hmm. of christianity it's just like the self-righteous cloak that everyone wants to put on but if we could do that then i think yo like people would be definitely people would be delivered quick quicker and be more open with talking about themselves and their situations there's so many people that are right next to us that have stories that if we knew, we would be blown away. Mm-hmm. But they're suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's really sad. But, you know, I see glimmers of hope for, like, our generation to kind of, like, talk more about these things and be open with them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I would say, like, since you said that, you know, watching different messages kind of highlighted for you, like, okay, maybe God wants me to walk in this way. Mm-hmm. What are, like, some of the you know, kind of themes from those messages that kind of pointed you towards a direction of being like, okay, um, my views on sex are now changing? That's a good question. Um, I don't even think it was necessarily one specific, like, message or, like, preaching. Like, I can't even pinpoint, like, one moment where it happened it was more so like residually like okay re-examining like okay what are the the things that I'm doing or you know different parts of myself that God still can work on in me in the sense of like okay I've been functioning in like I used to always joke like with my therapist and stuff like yeah I'm a highly functioning dysfunctional but it's like okay God wants me to be a fully functioning person period (laughs) not like you know so it's like okay what are those parts of dysfunction that are like functioning that I thought were you know it's like oh it's okay because I'm still functioning as a regular person and I think it was it was really in looking at like you said the root of like what is because for me I would I didn't necessarily have like Like, I wasn't out here having sex a lot. Like, that was not my thing. But I had a very unhealthy relationship with sex in general. 
And so it was really looking at like the root of that and like why that is and like, okay, what are the scars behind those things? And then once I realized like, oh, this thing is way bigger than me or I can't even, it's way bigger than even this action of like, you know, having sex or whatever it is. Like it was beyond even sin. Like I really started to understand like the impact that like not healing scars had on what I was doing. And so because of that, then, and I was still reluctant, like, it's like, you know, you get the revelation here, like, oh my God, like, I'm not trying to do this. Like, I'm really not trying to do this. I'm really not trying to do this. But it was like, no, like you have so much healing to do and we need to focus on the things that you have to heal as opposed to like, you know, sex is so... Like, I think now it has, like, people see it as, like, oh, you know, it's just, like, physical and, like, it's very transactional in this society. But it's not. Like, it's so much bigger than that in the sense of, like, intimacy, connection, all of those things. Like, even one of the revelations that I had was, like, you know, I have an issue with, well, I have an issue with vulnerability, but it's also an issue with intimacy as well. And how, like, okay, you can easily when you're a person like that, you can easily use sex to supplement, like, instead of being actually vulnerable and, like, you know, real and authentic about your feelings, things that bother you, all of, like, these hard conversations, it's like, okay, you can just use this thing to supplement not having to do the hard work, right? But, like, if you want to be in a healthy relationship, if you want to be just, like, a you know, whole as an individual, like, you can't run away from those things, you know, so until it's like, until I deal with my issue of vulnerability, intimacy, all of these, like, other traumas and all of that stuff, then why am I skipping to sex, you know, and I think, like I said, because we're in this generation of, like, sex is very transactional and people just see it as, like, you know, it's not that big of a deal, it's like you think like oh yeah like that's true and like you're kind of like rolling with this message but I think that's a detrimental way for us to look at sex now in this society for us to have that mindset of like this is just this is not as kind of impactful as it really is and that's not to say in like a negative way it's just like that's the reality you know like that is one of the most intimate ways that you can be with another person, you know? And if you're not healed, if you're not whole, it's just going to be to your detriment. And so, um, yeah, I think it was just more so, like, God kind of revealing to me, like, yeah, there's, you know, these broken parts and there's these things that we have to heal and, like, you're focused on the wrong thing, you know? And sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow, especially if you're like, oh, but I've been functioning, like, I'm fine. But it's like, no, if you take a deeper look, and that's what God's job is, to really search our heart, to really know, you know, from the outside, it's like, oh, like, you're fine, like, you have a grasp on this thing, like, you're not out here walling, but it's like, just because you're not doing that, doesn't mean that there isn't some things that we need to fix and work on and even like I remember at the start of the year I did my vision board in the form of a heart and I remember just feeling like you know in this year like God is going to like work on my heart and like heal my heart so it was just like consistent with what I felt like God had already told me so I was like you know what (sighs) I guess we're gonna do it you know yeah so when you say like 
the society views sex in a very transactional way like Mm -hmm. what do you mean by transactional as in like Yeah, I don't know what other kind of, like, way to put it. It's like we're just exchanging. Like, this is just towards our benefit, but it's not deeper. It's like, oh, I give you $5, you give me your notebook, Mm. and that's it. Like, it's just, like, this um, action as opposed to, like, for example, like, me sharing a poem to you. It's like, oh, I'm sharing a piece of myself to you when I'm, you know, like, saying this thing to Mm -hmm. you. Like, you feel like, okay, like... Wow, like I'm really honored that you were uh, open and honest with me for this thing. Like that's not a transaction as opposed to just like, oh, we're just like trading something that feels like it doesn't have as much value as it does, you know? Mm. Like that's what I mean. Do you feel like, I don't know, because I'm kind of, I'm thinking about how, you know, the message, the traditional message Mm -hmm. of going to marriage and sex is like, you are holding out this thing for your husband. You know, it that kind of gives that transactional thing. Like you said, it's like, okay, like I've kept this thing just for you. Yeah, see, I don't and agree like, with that here messaging. here it is. And then, like, you kept this thing also for me and let's exchange yeah. this thing. I mean, there is a thing of, like, exchange of, like, um, openness and vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, that comes along with that. Um, because you're literally sharing like the most intimate thing, you know, you kind of like can do with the person. No, that's true. So I mean, but I think the damage instead of transactional, like, what do you think sex should be focused on? I think the damaging part of like even the way that you just described it is like, oh, I saved this thing for you. That's not why you wait until marriage. You wait until marriage because you're honoring God, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about... And that's even why, like, some people will wait until marriage. Like, they, they would... They've never had sex, and they're waiting, and then they just feel like, you know, why is God not sending their husband if they're over here waiting until marriage? It's like, that's are you waiting until marriage to get a husband, or are you waiting until marriage because, like, you love God, and God asks you to do this thing, you know? Exactly, yeah. Like, that's what's damaging about it, and that's what makes it more transactional, as opposed to, like, if you waited until marriage because you were fully pursuing your relationship with God, then going into a relationship and in marriage and now having sex within the marriage you don't see it as like oh you know i kept this thing for you you didn't keep the thing for the person it's not for the person it's not for each other that's not what it was for you know like that's the issue i agree i always think about the beyonce song um ring the alarm where she's like don't you see all the things i kept only just for you and like i always think and i'm like clearly she's talking about her virginity yeah and be like interesting (laughs) (laughs) that's like okay that was your choice no that's true that's true but i mean i guess like i understand um the reasoning behind like the way that's talked about but Mm -hmm. i think that you know another thing about sex that i feel like christianity kind of could like you know Mm -hmm. talk about more is how sex and intimacy is supposed to kind of be an illustration of God's love with us, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that you don't d- divulge into those things. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like, what happens after, 
you know, the marriage and the mm-hmm. waiting, you mm-hmm. know, what, what, what now, you know? And mm-hmm. like, I think the reason why sex is so powerful, it can be so damaging. You have to, you know, make sure you're ready for it or mm-hmm. like people can like, um, use it in an abusive way or a mm-hmm. toxic way or, or whatever the case is. Um, I think because it's supposed to be a reflection of kind of like God, God's intimacy with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And even the fact that like when you have sex, like you're creating something. That's literally what I was thinking. You know, and it's like that thing of creation is just like Mm -hmm. that's how God kind of came together and created us. And Mm -hmm. in that and like loving, you know, each other, loving on each other and Mm -hmm. like, I think I watched um, a clip of a podcast and the man was like, you know, sex taught him a lot about his selfishness. Mm-hmm. It taught him a lot of the things that he wasn't doing and how he wasn't honoring God and it wasn't being obedient mm-hmm. in his marriage and mm-hmm. things like that. And I think like, you know, that's also so important because a, long, a lot of times with church and sex, it's, they also, it also has sexist mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. Right where like yeah like a lot of sex is like a woman and pleasing her husband and like that's kind of like the rhetoric behind it and stuff mm-hmm. like that so even if it's like okay this whole thing with like waiting till marriage you do it um but then it's like as a woman a christian woman you're with your husband or whatever you're just suspected to kind of deliver on this thing and mm-hmm. no one talks about a woman's pleasure and how yeah. you know you wanted to pleasure your wife is you actually being in obedience in accordance with the word of god yeah you know but no one talks about that and then you know like the thing of, of like transactional thing and i think the thing of it being transactional just speaks to um the strife that we see between the relationship of men and women Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it has to do with the transactional nature of how sex is these days Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i know that's interesting to me yeah i think it's partially because with the church everything is so extreme right Mm -hmm. so it's like okay you wait until marriage, so it's like you're sworn off of anything. <laughs> like, you know, you're not supposed to, like, see, look like... Some people, their parameters, which obviously I'm not knocking them. That's their thing. That's what helped them to wait. It's like, you know, we we didn't kiss. We didn't hold hands. We didn't, you know, all of these things, right? And then when you get to the point, it's like, okay, now it's okay to do it. It's just like everybody's, like, frozen. Like, what to do? Like, how to, you know? And instead of talking about that and talking about that transition and, like, okay, what are some healthy things to kind of cultivate this, like, sex life between, like, you know, a husband and wife and, like, even just exploring the fact that, like you said, sex is supposed to be pleasurable, you know? Like, if God didn't want us to be pleased, then he would have just made it have to do with creating like, that's it. It would have just been procreating. Like, you only have sex to create life, and that's it. But it's like, our bodies literally feel pleasure because that's how God intended it to be, you know? So I think 
Um, it just has to be a balance. Like, everything can't just be one side or the other side. Like, it has to come together. And it's the same thing with the strife between man and woman. It just has to be a balance of understanding, like, we're coming together at the end of the day. Like, that's that vulnerability of, like, both of us are in this together. We're both learning each other's bodies. We're both learning, like, you know, we're exploring. This is supposed to be something that's enjoyable for the both of us. Not just for you, not just for the both of us you know and for it to be like that we have to be open and we have to be vulnerable and we have to be you know willing to not be perfect and willing to say like you know ask the person what they need and listen to what the person needs and all of those things like it just has to have that willingness but if it's already like there's a culture of church of not being vulnerable and not being honest then how is it going to translate into these like smaller pockets of things that we have to discuss too and sex being one of those things no yeah definitely i remember you know so many people being like yeah like i waited and i had sex with my husband was amazing like mm-hmm. it was just so good so good and then like one time we had like a singles dinner and then someone was like no these everybody talking about when you wait you have sex and it's just so amazing and she was like yeah i had sex and i was like that's it <laughs> <laughs> and she was like that's what i waited for like mm-hmm. This wasn't the hype that everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like inflated it to be because it's just like the expectation is like, hey, waited and I was just going to be like this amazing thing or whatever. But it's like, like you said, like people are not being vulnerable. People are not, mm-hmm. you know, actually like being real in those mm-hmm. situations to like be like, okay, like, you know, this thing is not like a, a thing to condemn and it's not mm-hmm. a thing to just like be free with and just mm-hmm. let loose it's like mm-hmm. it's a balance mm-hmm. right but like how do we make sure that we cultivate this beautiful thing mm-hmm. but still like in a disciplined way mm-hmm. and even after you mm-hmm. know you are married like how do you honor your wife in the bedroom and <laughs> how do you honor your husband in mm-hmm. the bedroom and, like those would be like such amazing topics and mm-hmm. even for younger people mm-hmm. you know so that they can see sex in a way that is positive right mm-hmm. because when you make something so bad it for they even say like in schools where they teach abstinence or they teach sex in a way where it's like you get these diseases so don't have sex and that's it you see higher rates of teen pregnancies you see higher rates of people having sex because like the thing of like you know fearing someone into something Mm -hmm. never works you Mm -hmm. know it's better for a person to just have a holistic open-minded open Mm -hmm. view and it's like it's okay to teach you know younger the younger generation that's going into dating all these things that like sex can be this amazing thing and you can you know honor each other and respect each other's bodies and do this amazing thing and have fun and create life and it is good you know like Mm -hmm. if we just like talk about that you know more (laughs) (laughs) then people would be like oh yeah like yes there's something to look forward to like but also having a balance like okay you can do this thing and it might not be so great like what happens when it's not so great right or what happens when you don't feel like you know opening up and being intimate with people because you're afraid Mm -hmm. you know and but why don't we talk about those things in Mm -hmm. church like if church is meant to be a thing of healing Healing. because so many people have sexual scars yes you know so so how do you feel like that messaging affected your relationship with sex which one like the negative messaging 
Um, I mean, like, for me, I was, like, a sex therapist when I was young. So, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was, like, I don't know. I was just so curious about this thing. So, I would, like, look up articles. I would look up things. So, it was just, like, okay, like, they're saying all these things. Like, I remember my mom even telling me, like, you're only going to like it, like, 50% of the time. Like, it's not going to be enjoyable. Like, it's not going to be that great, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And stuff like that would make me just be like, "Mm, let me look it up. Like, let's look up (laughs) these things. But I would look up people's stories. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what gave me a more objective view about sex is because, like, I was just so curious as a child. And I looked up people's stories of waiting till marriage Mm -hmm. or being so scared of sex that once they did get into a marriage... Their marriage, they actually ended up divorcing because they, wow. the woman was not able to have sex because of the doctrine mm-hmm. of sex being this evil thing and her just like her body just shutting down in fear, wow. even though it was her husband, wow. you know, and then having a sexless marriage for years, you typically lead to divorce. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so like I would read those stories and like things like that. And like, I think like. But also just having um, having negative messages, but also having positive messages mm-hmm. really did help me. Um, but I think, like, the most important thing is, like, sex is a relationship with yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure that you have a good relationship with yourself. I wish that was taught. Because I, I didn't know. And I think that, um, like, the negative messages definitely... Uh, just made me even more curious about sex mm-hmm. and then it made me want to kind of like be different I always want to be different mm-hmm. and just be like okay well like I want to be this person mm-hmm. that wants to like be open and be honest about like this struggle or this thing and see like there's redeeming you can redeem yourself from these things mm-hmm. and all that kind of things but I think I wasn't able to, at a younger age, just see as, like, what does what do my behavior say about the relationship I have with myself, mm. you know? And then what does that say about, like, then it goes to, like, how I feel about myself, how I identify myself, and how mm-hmm. I love myself, mm-hmm. you know? And I wish that that was more so something that was talked about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely think that is the perfect way to start an honest conversation about like sex in terms of like okay how does your relationship with sex or your behaviors in relation to sex what does that say about how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. no that's great yeah i think so and it's it's just like <sighs> I just wish sex was talked about more in the church and I wish that we just had like this great conference like mm. a sex and in Christ conference and like we <laughs> talked about different things yeah because it's just like it's exciting mm-hmm. you know and like it's not taboo anymore we don't mm-hmm. have to hide because God didn't hide about it like mm-hmm. you know the times where people had sex in the Bible and it was prominent it was written right there Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like something that was just so like condemned the way it is now Mm -hmm. it's so weird you know and i wish it was just like less uh like this in church when it's like half the people in church be getting down like (laughs) no really and like that's why now church girls are known for being freaky freaky deaky girls that is true and it's like yeah when you're being so repressed 
mm-hmm. you know, in this area. Mm-hmm. And then when you just go outside, you just want to let, let loose. loose and just, you know, <laughs> let it all out. But mm-hmm. it's like if we actually, like, if the church would take back control and be like, let's have these honest, open dialogues, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I love that. Like, I love that. And I, I did get to experience things like that in my church where, like, but I think that people weren't as open-minded with sex. I think that was the thing. Like, is it... Then it goes into, like, is it a sin to have... Be do BDSM in the bedroom? And then you would see the pastors be like... This is where we... This is our limit. This is our limit. We're not doing this. You know? Like, we're not doing this topic or whatever. And then I think it would be, like... Yeah, so it'll be okay. Like, now we're really talking about the spicy spiciness of, like, <laughs> so what's allowed? It Like, as Christians. Yo, know? that's a great question. And they be like, you know, leave the uh, the uh, matrimonial bed undefiled or whatever scripture they be quoting. I don't even know. I don't even think that's a scripture. Oh, well, they be saying some scriptures don't leave marriage the marriage bed. Undefiled. Yeah, yeah, and they be trying to say, like, some people use that as, like, anything and everything's on the table. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Some people are like, no, that's not what God wants us to do. You know, but like even just like having those dialogues in church, they were hilarious to me and mm-hmm. I kinda like liked it. Even just the thing of like, okay, so if you're waiting for marriage, like what's the line? Like what's the line of like, you know, towing the line? and I would always wonder that because I'm me like, too. no, actually I need this I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I need this information of like what is it? You know, what are we allowed to do? Like right. can we like do a little like cuddle cuddle, kiss, kiss, or like you know, um, y'all Christian girls know about the, you know, gyrating, the, you know, like the dance, the oh, dancing, like we're making love, like Sierra said. Like, yeah, you're not even saying you nothing bad. I think, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, but I'm just saying, like, that thing, and, and I wish, like, people, like, if we had, see, like, if we were having conversations like this in mm-hmm, church, mm-hmm. like, people would be like, oh, like, do you think if you're waiting till marriage, it's okay to have oral sex? Like, raise your hand. Like, do you mm-hmm. think that, like, where do you determine the line? Of, but it's like, like, I think it's that's a hard conversation to have because, like, how would we know? Like, I think, yeah, that's hard. I don't you know. You don't know, but it's good know. to have those discussions in church and for people to feel like they can talk about those things when they're struggling with it. I mean, what I've personally learned in mm-hmm. my own walk with, like, okay, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate? And I mm-hmm. think it's like, once you're doing things that just keep progressing mm-hmm. and they become more and more to the point where, like, you're basically, like, just having sex with, you know, you everything's off, all the clothes are off, and, you know, kind of know, like, okay, yeah, you know, I think that's what I'm learning. It's, like, you have to, like, it takes time of learning yourself mm. and knowing, like, this what's, is your, a, what's your boundaries, mm. you know? And then it's hard when you have a partner where, like, their boundaries are a little bit more, like, and that's why some couples do that thing of, like, we're only going to kiss or we're mm-hmm. not even going to kiss yeah. because, like, some people know their boundaries and it's like, okay, once I start kissing, I know I'm going to want to do this. Like, no, I'm going to want to do that mm-hmm. and whatever the case is and everyone is so different. But it's better to just, like, you know, have the spiritual leaders mm-hmm. that you feel comfortable and opening up to and telling them, like, yeah, like, honestly, I really felt tempted to have sex this week because literally we were kissing and then he fingered me. And then I was like, yeah, like, let's do it. you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. someone you could really do, just no, be right. honest with. You're but when right. you don't have those spiritual leaders that you can be honest with, you're just left to guess. Like, mm-hmm. we're literally guessing, like, okay, we want to wait till marriage, but we also don't want to, like, be dating and tell the guy, 
you can't kiss me or like you can mm-hmm. only kiss or you can only you know peck on the cheek in public <laughs> like you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. yeah. so no, i think true. it's all about to me it's all about like it's not I, it comes down to honesty to me like mm-hmm. i just i just love being honest and transparent and just like having creating that atmosphere where people don't feel shamed mm. because shame is not ours to transfer on people as christians we often think like we want to shame people we want to we want people to feel you know some type of way and all these things for what they've done or whatever but it's like that's not our place and even mm-hmm. when you're in a place of like correction cor- being able to correct someone you don't condemn you just plainly say like oh like because i love you you know, and I see that this thing you're going, this path you're going on, I don't know if that's what God wants for you. Please pray about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we had a more so mindset of like lovingly correcting people mm-hmm. instead of shaming them and wanting them to feel isolated mm-hmm. and convicted in a bad way, then people would be able to like, we would just be able to handle these things more easily. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. And I think that's like the perfect way to wrap up. Like, we shouldn't allow anybody or we shouldn't be projecting any conviction onto anybody like that's not the gospel at all that's not what we're supposed to be doing and when people feel convicted it just makes them want to be further away from god even more you know condemned condemned not conviction yeah you're right condemned because if you feel like okay i'm already it's doomed you're just gonna continue doing whatever it is that you want to do as opposed to you feel conviction is what we're supposed to feel in the sense of like, okay, you know, you fell down. That's not what you're supposed to do, but you can get back up, you know, like you can get back on the right track. And like, when we kind of, like you said, project that shame onto people, how can we be surprised that like people don't want to have these conversations in church? People don't. And then you go to different outlets and then we're like, why is nobody in church? Why are people talking about sex on podcast and this and that and the third? Yeah, when it's like, yeah. if you guys were creating an environment for people to be open and honest and really have no judgment, which is really how Jesus was. Like, whoever has not sinned, cast the first stone. That's exactly. it. Exactly. Cast the first stone. But it's like, if we're able to, if the church was able to create those environments where people could be honest, bring their concerns, and you learn so much in those kind of, like, you situations. You, you learn do. so much. Even if you don't agree with everything that's being said, you're still learning and getting some type of perspective, and then you go home and you pray about it. And you, you know, but it builds your relationship. And I think that should be the goal now. Like, I think from this whole conversation, if we were to have, like, a main takeaway, it's, like, we need to be more vulnerable in church to talk about any topic. And because literally sex is a fundamental part of a human existence, it should not be kept away from the church. Amen to that. Amen. hmm hmm Amen. Well, you guys let us know how you feel about sex and um christianity and anything that we said that resonated you know anything else that you feel like oh we should dive deeper into this or that i feel like we touched on a lot of different things yeah we did we can make this a a series you know (laughs) (laughs) if y'all really want to but yeah what is allowed in sex as a christian yo you know like (laughs) really get into these topics yeah you know, so 
yeah thank you guys for joining us today and stay tuned for the next episode bye bye